afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast, again, only with beans. Frank is still feeling a little under the weather. Hopefully, by Monday morning, he's back up and running with the rest of the, the, the world, uh, full of energy, bright-eyed and, bright and bushy-tailed, and ready to take on whatever comes his way, whatever that may be. Um, it would be absolutely ridiculous not to start the show with the most menacing mugshot I've ever seen in my life of Donald J. Trump in Fulton County. Now, we've seen a number of mugshots come out of Fulton County. This one in particular is different. It hits different. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of celebrating this stuff, honestly, because I think it's a travesty and I, I'm not like, oh my God. Yeah. Look at Donald Trump's mugshot. Yes. I mean, this is terrible, but if you ever had to make a face for a mugshot when you were accused of a crime that you didn't commit, I think this would be the way to go. This would be the way to go right here. Do you want to mess with this man? I don't want to mess with that man. Mm -mm. Nope. So he checked himself in, checked himself in, went to Fulton County Jail yesterday. And what's interesting to me is that a couple things. Um, He's using a bail bondsman. And I don't, I'm not like a pro on any of this stuff, but... A lot of people are speculating about it. I don't I don't know why. I I don't think it's that he didn't have the money. There is a 10% requirement in Fulton County. I don't know why he used a bail bondsman, but he did. Um Charles Shaw, the CEO of Lawrenceville-based Foster Bail Bonds, confirmed that his company has been contracted to work with the former president when he surrenders on Thursday evening. We will be posting his bond when he arrives. 20 grand. Like someone said on Twitter, he he actually, or X, I should say, he actually spent more money. Um, he actually spent more money on the fuel to get there than that bail bond would, would have been. So that's interesting. And um, here's a clip of him outside giving an interview when he was done. And I have got another little interesting tidbit of news that I have lined up for you today. As well, here's Donald J. Trump. Thank you very much for being here. I really believe this is a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. And I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you can have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Listen, the thing about it is there is nobody who can convince anyone that this man does not believe that that election was stolen along with half the country. Including myself, obviously. <laughs> it's it's insane. And they want to bring this to trial in October of this year. It just is, they're all filing to separate separate themselves from, from others now because uh, October with a 19 count, a 19 person RICO case. How does this woman think she's going to be able to, Unless they've already got the jury all stacked up and they know what the heck's going It's just nonsense. This whole thing is frustrating, annoying, absolutely ridiculous, terrible weaponization of the justice system, which is no longer about justice. And I had this, I saw this this morning. 
Um, Donald Trump seemingly transferred Mar-a-Lago estate to his son before he his arrest. It looks like Donald Trump transferred Mar-a-Lago to Don Jr. for $422 million. This past week. A company called Mar-a-Lago Inc. has it. Um, its registered agent is Donald Trump Jr., which is interesting because typically when you register, you have a different registered agent. It's an attorney or a register, a register, um, a register like company that does that. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I don't have multi-billion dollar businesses all over the world, so I, I'm not the expert here, but According to Zillow's records, um, if if they're accurate, uh, Trump merely transferred the asset into a corporation owned by his son. He bought Mar-a-Lago in 1985 for $2 million and used the property as a residence until 1994 when he converted it into the club, a members-only club. If you've ever been there, it is absolutely stunning. Stunning property on the water. Beautiful, beautiful place to be. Very calming. Um gorgeous property so he's moving that asset he probably doesn't want to risk losing that asset and I don't blame him I wouldn't either supersonic U.S. fighter jet crashes in California that's sad that just happened so obviously we'll be following all this. Somebody commented on um, X and said, oh, oh, you're not going to talk about Donald Trump coming back to, to, to X and all of that stuff. And I said, um, I said, you know, I'm happy to talk about it and I will. I'll bring you guys up to speed with whatever's going on. But um, is there anything new that I'm missing that you guys haven't heard anywhere else that I could add? I don't know what value I'd bring to the already absolutely stellar coverage that's being done by so many people. So I will cover and, and, and review and summarize. And of course, I will look at the legal aspect of this and, and do my thing as we go on. Um, and he's back on X. Donald Trump had tweet, tweeted or X'd last night his mugshot. Um, and it just, it, with all the emails going out about Truth Social um, and the SPAC, which I cannot... Um, there's there's a, a merger and they want the shareholders to vote on delaying the, or extending the timeline for all of this again. Um, I just wonder, I wonder what's happening with True Social, given that he's back posting on X and given that there is a deal that he needs to post the first place and then six hours later, it's just, um, I'm wondering. And I, I, lo I love Truth Social for what it is, so I hope it doesn't go away. I think it's needed. We'll see. I, I, I haven't heard that it is going away, so I don't know. Um, I'm just saying it's weird. But I'm glad he's back on X. I think his voice should be there. I, I think his voice should be there. So this really, really, really got me, guys. The DOJ is suing SpaceX for hiring American workers. The Department of Justice is suing a company for prioritizing United States citizens as its employees. The U.S. Department of Justice is suing Elon Musk's SpaceX over allegations it discriminated against asylees and refugees in hiring. In a lawsuit filed Wednesday, the DOJ claims that from at least September 2018 to May 2022, SpaceX discouraged refugees and asylees from applying, applying to the company by wrongly stating that SpaceX can only hire U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents. This is where we're at. This, justice, this DOJ is a travesty. It is a travesty. There's no other word for it. If you say something against the state, if you do something against the state, they're weaponizing the state against you. Across the board, what is this? The lawsuit states SpaceX failed to fairly consider and refused to hire the asylum and refugees who ended up applying anyway. It also alleges that SpaceX wrongly claimed that the U.S. export control laws allowed it to only hire U.S. citizens and lawful residents. 
where does the government have any place in a private company's hiring practices? Yeah, someone in the chat said, remember when you had to prove that you were a citizen to apply for jobs? That's gone by the wayside. The lawsuit indicates that SpaceX has been on the DOJ's radar for some time. In May of 2020, the DOJ's Immigrant and Employee Rights Section opened an investigation into whether SpaceX was discriminating against potential hires based on citizenship or immigration status. Elon Musk says U.S. law requires at least a green card to be hired at SpaceX as rockets are considered advanced weapons technology. I um I don't know I don't know it's Friday and I want to watch I want to I want to I I cannot wrap my head around a system that penalizes its own citizens in favor of the absolute mess it has made bringing obliter- ob- obliterating any borders we could possibly have it is obviously by design it is obviously done on purpose um, I wonder if there are any other U.S. companies that have done similar that are not under fire because they're not allowing free speech and fostering some sort of um, semi-honest information sharing platform. Let's watch this young girl embarrass the school board, shall we? I think that's a good thing we can do. Here we go. Uh, excuse me. We're gonna hand them back to you. Oh, that hurts all. She's handing out a brochure. No, but all the school board members. And now she's gonna speak. At the end of the last board meeting, a few of you board members were triggered by the facts and truth my mom, myself, and a few of the other commenters spoke about. I did a bit of digging online, and I discovered a way to follow up on the airing of your grievances regarding the public speakers at these meetings. It is called the Hurt Feelings Report. At the end, you'll see that there's a place for your name, date your feelings were hurt, name a person who hurt your feelings, and which feelings were hurt. There's also a part to document your injury, such as which ear were the hurtful words spoken into? Is there permanent damage to your feelings? Did you require a tissue for your tears? And if the words resulted in a traumatic brain injury, part four of this report is important for you to know. You can mark all the reasons you fill in the report. Some of the reasons are as follows. I am thin-skinned. My feelings are easily hurt. I didn't sign up for this. I was told that I am not a hero. I was offered I was not offered a tissue. I want my mommy and other options. Again, you can check all that apply to your hurt feelings. There's additional space for you to explain more in depth on how your feelings were hurt. The bottom of the form reference is the department. The department refers to the parent attendees of these meetings. The statement on the bottom of the report reads as follows. We, as the department, take her very take her feelings very seriously. If you don't have someone who can give you a hug or make things all better, please let us know and we will promptly dispatch a hugger to you as soon as possible. In the event a hugger cannot be found, an EMS team will be dispatched. If you are in need of supplemental support upon written request, we will make every reasonable effort to embarrass the hell out of these people. Banky, banky, or a bottle if you so desire. Remember to sign the form and you can present it to all the parents at the next meeting, since they are the people responsible for voting you onto the board. They are your bosses. 
and will determine if your grievances are legitimate and if actions should be taken. I'm sure that they will be as attentive to your complaints as you can to theirs. Please feel free to make copies of this blank form so you can file hurt feeling reports in the future when you feel any of the public speakers at these meetings are in violation of their personal Yeah. More of this, please. More of this. I love it. And it's so much better than this. This is something we're going to get into right now. Um, it's making its way around. And it it is, it is, it's going to disgust you and it's going to really bother you. For those of you listening on audio only, this is a mom who is sitting with her transitioning daughter. Her daughter is transitioning right now to uh, become a boy, quote, will never really be a boy, as we all know. But I want everybody to watch this. And I'm going to give a little bit of a different take on what's going on here. Get ready to be infuriated, honestly. Um, it's, it's something. Hola. He's excited to be here. He looks real excited. Marshall, do you want to do a week four on testosterone? Boys? Before, same. How are you feeling? The same. Any effects? Anything changing? Not really. Yeah. Any high points? Any good things? bad points? Not really. Are we struggle busting a little bit with the injection? Mm-hmm. So like, it's the anxiety of doing it. Yeah. A little bit of a struggle bus. Don't want to talk about it. But you start school next week? Yeah. High school with testosterone, so you're going to be, like, on equal playing field with all the other, like, pubescent boys. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Things to look forward to with that? What's the one thing you are really looking forward to with your testosterone? Like, the impacts. Uh, voice change and facial hair. More studly beard like your dad? Yeah. You're gonna be so much hotter than him. I, I think I'm gonna keep it, like, shorter so not quite Stubbly, like a not quite that short. Not like not like here. Yeah. Clean. Clean. I dig it. I dig it. It's a hot look. Yeah. I'm gonna try as a mom to explain to you what's going on here. In my opinion, this poor young girl is going through puberty and is depressed. Very sad, downtrodden, something's wrong. Mom is looking at her and gets worried, takes her to counseling. Counselor asks kid a bunch of questions. Kid answers yes to one of the gender dysphoria questions. Doctor slash counselor says to mom, your daughter is going to kill herself if we don't transition her. Kid says, my, my friends are all doing it. You know, there's some camaraderie there and decides that doctor knows best. Mom is desperate to save her kid and doesn't know any better. You can see it by like the overzealous way she's trying to get her daughter to be involved in this conversation. This little girl is not 
this is not what is supposed to be happening here. There's something, it could be just the doldrums of puberty, for goodness sakes. And this mom thinks she's doing the right thing. Let's document it. Let's do a family thing together, me and you, mom and daughter. Let's get us like, you know, she's like trying, I can feel it. She's like trying to prompt this young girl to get involved and to have something to look forward to and to be happy. Young girl doesn't really want to talk. Young girl isn't really feeling it. Young girl doesn't like injecting herself with testosterone. Dad isn't in the video, but dad's in the home. And now this video is viral on social media of what makes it look like this mom is, you know, I just think there's a lot more here than a lot of people are saying. Um, and I think that also accountability needs to be directed at whatever effing medical professional, quote, decided that they should tell this family that it was either transition or likely, I'm, 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 I'm nearly certain, suicide. It's, Everybody has had struggles when they were a teenager, like especially girls um, going through that process. It's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't mean that, like, we all know this, I'm preaching to the choir, but what's happening in this video is not just, oh, I'm a mom who wants to be cool and fit in. It's a counseling session, probably only one gone wrong and convincing this just freshman at 13 or 14 years old, who's probably started puberty in the past year or two, that she actually really wants to be a boy with a beard because she's depressed and her hormones are all over the damn place. She's not going to be able to reverse this stuff. She's going to damage her body. And I don't know what this mom's going to be doing in a few years when all of the shit hits the fan and she's got to deal with the fallout of it. But I can guarantee you it's not going to be propping up her young daughter about her stubble and beard and how much hotter she'll be than her father. Guarantee you that. This is medical malpractice. This is not counseling or gender affirming care. It's, it's medical malpractice. And until these doctors start being held accountable at a much higher level, we're going to continue to seeing this, to, to be seeing this. And this person probably has a friend who told her, oh, yeah, that happened to my daughter, too. And I took her to see this person. Pray for these people. Seriously, pray for this girl. Pray for the mom. I, I, I think the mom's disgusting for documenting this online this way. But there's much more going on in this dynamic than what what is shown in this video. A lot of the people in the comment section are talking about how they um, were a tomboy. I was a tomboy, too. I was constantly in the mud, dirty, playing sports, baseball, always with the guys. My parents didn't try to get me to chop off my boobs and take testosterone, okay? That didn't happen in my household. I don't know about all you guys, but that wasn't like something they did. Oh, Tracy likes to play with trucks. Let me go see if she wants to be a boy. Let me take her to, to, to get a prescription for testosterone injection every every week. And let's talk about maybe transitioning her and, and getting her top surgery done. And then there's this kind of a mom right here. This kind of a mom, which is a mom that we all should appreciate and a mom that you guys in the audience probably are here she is been coming here for five years now and I was going to talk to you about some practical things that I thought you could change about 3210 but I've changed my mind um, I've been really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour of every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools and now I figured it out I figured it out because all these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say, there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare 
children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself. And we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we are talking about, we are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We are talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal. And what we have been called tonight is what they're claiming that we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, Less than 5% of the entire population of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is? It's the majority plus one. It's 50 plus one. You know what? More than 50% of the people in this state claim that they believe in God, Almighty God, who made us male and female, God who made marriage between a man and a woman, God who said that we must protect our children. The fact that we can stand up here and we know, we can brag about all of the wonderful graduations, but we know, we know the statistics. 50% of children did not pass their end of grade test. What are we celebrating? We have, we have children coming up here telling us how horrible the mental health crisis is. Why? Most of us went to public school and all of our, all of our peers are not in mental health crises. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to our children? I'm going to say, we are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. That is what is causing the confusion. We need our children to be able to be children, to be able to be innocent, to be able to enjoy childhood and not know all of the drama and all of the difficulties in adult life. That is what we want. We want our children to be able to read and write and to think for themselves. And we demand that the children who fear God are protected in your schools. Yep. The majority. It's so funny. They claim democracy until you tell them what what the, the real majority is. It's, it's not what we just watched. And, and God help us if it becomes what we just watched. Then I have this. This happened in June, but even Carlos Santana, for goodness sakes, listen. Oh, you're lying your ass up. There is no virtual reality. When God made you and me, before we came out of the womb, you know who you are and what you are. Later on, when you grow up and you see things and you start believing that you could be something that it sounds good, but you know it ain't right because a woman is a woman and a man is a man. Yeah. Whatever you want to do in the closet, that's your business. So I'm okay with that. I am like this with my brother Dave Chappelle. Totally like Yeah. Guess what he did? He apologized. He apologized. Carlos Santana apologized for his insensitive comments about the transgender community. I'm sorry for my insensitive comments. They don't reflect that I want to honor and respect all persons' ideals and beliefs. I realize that what I said hurt people and that was not my intent. I sincerely apologize to the transgender community and everyone I offended. Carlos, everybody's still coming to your shows even though you said that, okay? Who, the trans, you've really got to stop apologizing for what you believe. You really do. And we've got this court decision. This is going to be appealed probably all the way up to the SCOTUS. Maryland court says parents can't opt kids out of LGBTQ curriculum, not a fundamental right. 
A federal court in Maryland decided Thursday that parents can't opt their kids out of reading books with LGBTQ plus content in Montgomery County schools. Parents sought to reinstate an MCPS policy that would allow them to opt their children out of reading and discussing books with LGBTQ plus characters in elementary schools. The parents argued the content in these books was a form of indoctrination that violated their family's religious beliefs. You cannot go up against the religion of the transgender cult. You cannot do it. The court disagreed. Surprisingly, everyone's real surprised. Judge Monica McKnight Biden, I'm sorry, Judge Deborah Boardman, a Biden appointee, concluded that the parents asserted due process right to direct their own children's upbringing by opting out of a public school curriculum that conflicts with their religious views. And that is not a fundamental right. The state wants to own your children. There has been an over, again, like I said on Wednesday's show, the COVID crisis was was terrible, but it was it had a lot of benefits. Number one, parents got to see what was going on and being taught in their schools because they got to sit there and watch Zoom classes where teachers were indoctrinating their kids and they got damn pissed off. I mean, I made a couple phone calls to my kid's school about stuff. And I went to board meetings after I found out what what was really actually going on. And then when the school board and the school districts clamped down on it all, they changed to the filler attendance uh, assignments that they would give, like for virtual class, since they didn't teach anything during COVID. The teachers didn't really teach anything. They gave them worksheets and, and nonsense to complete. They would give them, you know, fill this out to let us know you're here. And it would be all propaganda. The whole sheet would be propaganda. I'll I'll never forget. I was on my, right before the 2020 election, I was on my way down to an event in Florida. It was probably American Priority, um, the AmpFest. And I was on the phone with the teacher asking her why she felt it was okay to make my daughter feel uncomfortable because one of the questions on the sheet, no matter how you answered it, you were racist. It was gross. I mean, the whole thing. So people are removing their kids from these public schools. Now, there was a temporary injunction they wanted to stop this from moving forward so that they would be able to opt their kids out before school started. Because if you take a walk through most school libraries at this point, on the end caps of every library, you're going to find a book about gender ideology or trans sex or tr- or gay sex or trans transitioning or or gender dysphoria or any of those things. They're going to, I'm telling you, the suit's going to go up to the Supreme Court. It's okay for the state to infringe on your religious rights unless they are religious rights that the school agrees with. So homeschooling isn't an option for a lot of parents um, right now, the way things stand, because there's, and just think about how far back this goes, you know, the destruction of the nuclear family, the um, the the feminization, the, the the wave of feminism that told women that it was the right thing to do to get a corporate job and leave their kids at home with a, with a stranger and and work a nine to five for success so you can be equal in the workforce has made it so that public schools are babysitters basically, and parents cannot afford to maintain their household and also then educate their children at the same time. COVID changed that because nobody was going into the office anymore. So the body was in the house. The kids were in the house. The flexibility was there. And then you could educate your kid at night if you wanted to homeschool them. It's not an option for a lot of people. really isn't. So there's got to be something else that's done. And the something else is what we saw with that one mom who spoke out in front of the school board and what we see coming out of school boards all over America and how important moms and dads are to this effort to stop this nonsense. It's happening. Appeal this suit all the way up to the Supreme Court. Appeal it. 
And I think that it's time for um, a little more compassion for families who want to do this stuff but are in a position where they can't. Like, we have to figure out workarounds. And, and you know, a, a lot of the candidates on the debate stage the other night said they wanted to end the Department of Education. And I agree. If you want to go backwards in time quite a bit, go and look up anything by Charlotte Iserby. Uh, Gigi, who is a um, is the business manager for Uncovered DC and is in the chat right now, by the way. she We did an event. Um, she ran the whole thing on, on Long Island a decade ago. And we had Charlotte Iserby there to speak about all of this. She was Reagan's uh, director of education. She was against the public school system completely. Go back and look at anything that she has written. She's she's sadly passed away now, but why should the federal government have anything to say about the education of your kids, especially at a local level? And the problem is that everything is so intertwined now with federal money, and especially after COVID. That's how they hold these states by the neck. Federal dollars. They keep you on the federal teat, which then states don't want to give up that money. So they have to follow by the rules. That's what they did with the COVID protocols in schools. The government was pouring money from the CARES Act into school districts, making them follow certain protocols to receive the money. Then the states don't want to lose the money, force the schools to follow the protocols. You see, the federal government shouldn't be involved in any of this stuff ever. It's, it's just, it's not the way it's supposed to work. They do the same thing with Medicaid. South Carolina was on the hook and couldn't do anything about vaccine mandate because they were too chicken to lose the money coming out of the federal government. So given that this is all the case, getting involved locally to fill your school board up with liberty-minded parents who respect freedom and understand what's right for kids is a number one priority. You know, I used to say all the time before it was like, quote, in school board and sheriff are like the two biggest and most important um, offices that you could ever want to run for if you were a local activist who wanted to actually affect any change. And for years, we just let the left kind of take this over and we sat, we were, we were working, we were busting our butts, you know, nobody was really paying attention. The time for that's over and we're far behind, but we sure can catch up because I can tell you right now, 90 to 95% of parents do not want this trash going on. They just don't. And you can do like, before I left New York, I was trying to get like a uh, charter, like a, a, pro, a homeschool co-op going. So that different parents could share the responsibility. And there's so many beautiful and amazing curriculums available for parents out there now. Um, and if you do a co-op, you can say, okay, one parent whose who's, um, you know, husband or wife has a great job and they're a stay-at-home mom, you teach this. We'll do Saturday and Sunday lessons and I'll take those. And you co-op together and then you guys can do like, like imagine the, like the entrepreneurship. You can teach your kids homeschooling them, Right. How to, you can go to farmer's markets for school. I mean, it's just, and the whole argument about socialization, how are they going to get socialization? Mm -mm. No, that is a non-issue. So just, just consider these things. It's big decisions to make on behalf of your kids. Um, and, and they're big life changes, but it's just things to toss around in your head. You know, just think about these things. Um, as you as you move on through 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 this stuff. Um, I have a lot of fun stuff to get to that I saved because it's a Friday, but I just wanted to give people quickly um, an update on Missouri v. Biden. There isn't one. I really expect this uh, appellate court decision to come down at some point in the next few days. I honestly believe the longer it takes for them to make this decision, the better off we are, because that, that means to me that they're writing a pretty ironclad decision. But I do feel in my heart of hearts they're going to uphold the temporary injunction because they know the record. So for those of you who may not know, Missouri v. Biden are the states of Missouri and Louisiana suing the federal government, saying that they are coercing social media companies to censor American speech. They got limited expedited discovery in the case to be able to find out if that was actually true. They got discovery materials back. They took depositions of people. And of course, yes, it is true with Jen Easterly of CISA calling your thoughts 
cognitive infrastructure, meaning that CISA feels it has the ability and the and the 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 requirements, the need to regulate your thoughts as part of its infrastructure that it's in charge of regulating. Just marinate on that for a minute. Okay? Marinate on that. Um, the judge in that case is uh, Judge Terry Doty. He's badass. He ruled in favor of the plaintiffs and granted a temporary injunction that barred the federal government from discussing anything outside of a narrow scope of things, including criminal activity, uh, national security threats. If somebody is posting tomorrow's election day, vote by text or something to that effect, you know, things that they would actually need to quote in theory discuss with social media companies. Of course, the federal government was arguing that it needed the ability to be able to censor you. So they appealed that decision to the Fifth Circuit. There was a three judge hearing um, a couple weeks back, which we covered uh, extensively. I interviewed um, Attorney General of Missouri, Andrew Bailey. I interviewed Attorney General of Louisiana, Jeff Landry. And we discussed all of this. Now we're waiting for this appellate court decision, which should come down any minute now. But as that happens, we still have this whole hate speech narrative that is being peddled out to the people. So Michael Schellenberger wrote a piece, um, or his outlet did, Soros-funded NGOs demand crackdown on free speech as politicians spread hate misinformation. And basically what the column says is that Soros is funding these non-governmental organizations, which are included in the Missouri v. Biden uh, lawsuit, by the way. Um, And also, um, one of the plaintiffs from the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit, Jill Hines of Health Freedom Louisiana, is suing these companies on their own. These NGOs, not-for-profits, non-governmental organizations that get taxpayer dollars and are also funded by evil billionaires like George Soros. Um challenging this hate crime nonsense that they're using because governments overseas particularly are passing laws saying hate speech is illegal. And what Schellenberger points out in this column is that you don't even have to be the victim of the hate speech to report it. Just like on X or any other platform, if you see someone say something that you feel is hateful towards that other person, even if the other person doesn't think that it's hateful and doesn't complain about it, you can file a complaint and get those people criminally in trouble criminally. This is the same thing, but for censorship. And Elon Musk has decided that he is going to sue these Soros-funded NGOs because they're lying about the uptick in hate speech. It's not actually there. This is basically just a shadow campaign to be able to get people arrested and censored for differing opinions than the state-sanctioned opinion. So now Elon Musk is suing these NGOs and he's saying, uh, can't wait for discovery. X is filing legal action to stop this. Countering the wildly, the widely peddled rhetoric, Schellenberger shared a report tweeting that politicians and George Soros funded NGOs say that hate incidents are rising, but they're not. He added, the data show the opposite, higher than ever and rising levels of tolerance of minorities. The reason they're spreading hate misinformation is to justify a draconian crackdown on free speech. So imagine my shock when I found this article by the Washington Post. Elon Musk stopped policing political information. The tech industry followed. Social media companies are receding from their role as watchdogs against political misinformation, abandoning their most aggressive efforts to police online falsehoods in a trend expected to profoundly affect the 2024 presidential election. An array of circumstances is fueling the retreat. Mass layoffs at Meta and other major tech companies have gutted teams dedicated to promoting accurate information online. An aggressive legal battle over claims that the Biden administration pressured social media platforms to silence certain speech has blocked a key path to detecting election interference. Now, I don't know that I believe that they're backing off this stuff. What I think they're doing right now is recalibrating. But... I told everyone Missouri v. Biden was going to be a lawsuit for the ages when it was first filed over a year ago. And it is. 
if you are unfamiliar with this case and you really want to get yourself back up to speed, there are a number of articles at UncoverDC.com, and I can also link this thread that I have on Truth Social and also on X in the show notes. Take the couple hours it's going to take, read through all the reporting, get yourself up to speed on what's going on because it is absolutely not going anywhere. It will continue, and I think it's going to be a wildly successful case. Another thing I wanted to bring to your attention, guys, I found this on on socials. This is an hour-long documentary, and what it basically is is all of the satellite feeds from back in the day before uh, it was cool, where the satellite feed was constant. It was always running, and then networks would pick up the satellite feed, and they would decide when they were going to broadcast. I have to fix myself here. I'm very uncomfortable. Um, so this is a, a compilation, a documentary of all that behind-the-scenes footage. I was saying on the pre-show that we used to have a satellite dish when I was, like, really little, and we used to watch this stuff. Like, not many people had satellite dishes back then, but we used to watch all this, like the back talk, the cursing, the behind-the-scenes news stuff. We used to watch it all. So I'm going to put this in the show notes for everybody. And you can watch it. It's pretty enlightening. It's an hour long. It's pretty enlightening and um, super duper interesting. So take a look at that. On the COVID front, Kentucky school districts have begun canceling in-person classes after what health experts are calling a triple-demic, a combination of COVID, flu, and strep throat that has sent staff and students homesick. This new COVID variant from all the docs that I talked to is really not major. They're just using it. And we've talked about this for the past several episodes, so I don't want to belabor the point, but I'm going to keep showing you what's going on. Other stuff that's tipping up, tip, ticking up, weird diseases that we haven't seen in, in goodness knows how long, leprosy, botulism on the rise, like Things that people can't fight off because their immune systems are blown to smithereens are making a weird comeback for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. This is super sad. I'm going to cover this and then hopefully we can transition to some fun for the end of the show here. There was a woman in Canada, Sheila Annette Lewis, who was on a transplant list and she needed the transplant to live and they refused to give her the transplant because she wouldn't vaccinate. She died. She passed away. She became terminally ill in 2019 and she was added to the organ transplant donor list in 2020. Prior to being waitlisted, she had to repeat a series of childhood vaccinations as her vaccination history couldn't be located. She willingly complied However, with the emergence of COVID-19, Lewis was informed that she needed to receive two shots to remain on the wait list. She felt uncomfortable about taking the vaccine and was subsequently removed from the donor list. Her removal prompted her to take legal action against the hospital and doctors in Alberta, Canada. Despite her persistent efforts in various courts, she was unsuccessful. Having exhausted her legal options, she sought medical assistance abroad and initiated a give, send, go she identified a hospital in the United States willing to perform the transplant surgery. She managed to raise almost 130000 out of the $600,000 goal. The testing and surgery were estimated to cost around $600,000. Then she announced that she had reached a satisfactory settlement with the Alberta doctors. It was related to a separate negligence lawsuit that she had filed, but she couldn't talk about it after that. And sadly... She passed away. So what is the... This is what people will do in, in the name of authoritarianism. They'll just kill you and they're fine with it. They really don't care. The Hippocratic Oath to do no harm means nothing anymore. Terrible. Hopefully something good can come out of her sad passing okay 
We're moving on to some fun stuff, guys, because I can't take this anymore. Oops. Hold on. This I'm going to put at the end. How about some Rob Schneider on masks? The tooth fairy. No, the tooth fairy gonna come. I lost my tooth. The tooth fairy coming, daddy. Tooth fairy. I'm gonna put it under my pillow. A tooth fairy, give me money. My ten-year-old, she's over. She's like, how long are we gonna have to put up with this? Shit? I said, hey, come on, it's your sister. It's a beautiful thing. The idea that there's this entity, someone who does something really nice for you just because something fell out of your head, you know. <laughs> It's just a nice thing to have in the universe. You know? Let's keep that going as long as we can. Because it's nice to have something to believe in. This is not, it's not true, but you believe in it for as long as you can until you find out it's just, you know, a lie. That's why Tony Fauci, he was like the COVID fairy. It's a COVID fairy. Remember in the beginning, listen, you don't have to wear a mask. You may make you feel better if you wear a mask, but they don't really work. It may make you feel better, but, you know, they don't actually work and prevent anything, you know. But we need to save the mask for, like, for the essential workers because the virus can tell the difference between an essential worker and a piece of shit like you people. So you don't have to wear a mask. Two weeks later, everybody's got to wear a mask. I'm sorry, you wear, just cover your face with anything. It doesn't matter. A tennis racket, a tennis shoe, put anything over your face. Your wife's panties, your wife's ass. Put, put something in front of your face. Just, I don't know how you strap your wife's ass to your face, but try, just do it, you know, do it. Anyway, but you only have to wear the mask and your wife's ass in your face until there's a vaccine. Once you're vaccinated, then you don't have to wear a mask anymore because you're protected. Because the thing about the whole theory of vaccinology is you can't give it, you can't get it, you're protected. That's what the vaccine is. So once you get the shot, then you're fine. You don't have to wear a mask anymore because you're protected. That's the whole thing about vaccinated. So once you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry anymore. You can't give it, you can't get it. It's like, what? Okay, you can still get it, you can still give it. But here's the thing, though. No, no, no. But you can only, you know, we might need to have a booster. But a booster is not another shot. You already had the shot. A booster is just a booster. If it was a shot, we'd call it a shot. It's a fucking booster, you know. The shot's a shot. A booster is like a, you know, the shots are, you know. But you know, they'd be perfectly fine. Once you get the booster, and then you're done. You know, you get the booster, you get the one shot, and the booster, and you're fine. That's it, you're protected. 100%. You can't give it, you can't get it. What that? Okay, there's a rumor you may need two shots and two boosters. Okay, I admit it. It's a problem. It's not, I admit, I don't know how it happened, but it's a rumor. It may be true. I don't know. But you might need two shots and two boosters. But again, a boost is not a shot. You know, a shot's a shot. If, it was, if a booster was a shot, we'd tell you. It was a, but it's not. It's a, it's a booster. It's a booster. Here comes a booster. You know, it's not. It's a shot. we tell you. Anyway, two boosters. But then when you have it, you're completely protected. You can't give it. You can't get it from anybody. If you protect it, you get the two shots, the two boosters. You can't give it. You get what? Okay, you can still get it, and you can still get it. Okay, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. But don't wait. But listen, if you got the two shots and the two boosters, and you give it to somebody, the guy's gonna go, oh, well, at least he's got the two shots and the two boosters. You know. But if you don't, if you don't get the shots, if you don't get the boosters, and then you give it to somebody, the guy's gonna go, oh, this guy, he's not buying into this bullshit. They didn't get the boosters. Fauci, the head of this. The head of the CDC, Walensky, and Joe Biden, they all got two shots, two boosters, and they still f got COVID. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're real very fortunate that we were boosted and uh, vaccinated. Four shots and you still get it? Four. Four. Four? If I wear four condoms and I still get monkeypox, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Who's making these condoms? I got another one for you. I got another one for you. None other than the master. No, what, what I mean is, what is going on? Right? Like, it's past. It's past if you divided politically. Even, you have to admit, even if you're like, I don't care as long as it's not you know who. That was like a demonic, like the devil came out and just everyone. We're gonna make people hate Donald Trump. Hate. Get him. I hate Donald Trump. White 
Kremlin! Insurrectionists! They, they lynch people! Even... And I'm gonna blame you because I saw the news channels. I saw them saying, It's racist! It's you would just wake up to pee in the middle of the night. He hates Mexicans, and he, he says they're rapists, and he hates black people, and he... They had, remember the Women's March? We're gonna march! I have a vagina! I have a vagina! Oh, they knew what a woman was then. how your common sense disappears. Oh, I hate! Oh, I hate! <laughs> Even if you hate that human being, and because you hate, you're accepting? Come on. If this, listen man, if, if this was like part of your family, there's no way you would allow this to happen. There's no way I'm letting my Uncle Lenny just like, don't let him speak, don't, he's on the stage. <laughs> just show him where the podium is, please. Is someone emotionally attached to that? <laughs> They're bringing his kid out. He's on crack, It's not like you want him to be on crack. No one, no one, he's like crack. Think about it. This is some drug lord stuff. Think about it. Think about it. He got caught. Bribing a crackhead. <laughs> if you don't give me money, you can't talk to my father. <laughs> Where's that Asian whore? How much? <laughs> as long as he's not him. <laughs> This is why they couldn't have comedy. I got a rumble rant. Like marriage vows from Critical Thought. The Hippocratic Oath will always mean something to the people who meant it when they take it. Also, fun fact, the original Hippocratic Oath forbids abortion. Happy Friday. God bless you. I have more comedy. I'm going to put it on the back burner. I had a couple more real funny comedy clips for you guys today to end off the Friday show. But it's, it's 930 and you guys are used to leaving at 930. So I don't want to keep you past our normally allotted time to show you the rest of the comedy that I have lined up for you today. Wouldn't want to do that to you, right? Would be bad. Very bad to have any laughter in our world. Very bad. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30, I'm sorry, at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Make sure to check us out live if you're an early bird. We do a pre-show at 7.45 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on, on our Locals channel. And then at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we are streaming live on Rumble Getter and the new platform X. Also... If you're a night owl, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Monday through Friday on QuiteFrankly.tv or on Rumble, you can catch Frank's show. Send them some healing vibes. Thank you guys for being here. We will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye.